Good evening, everyone. We want to welcome you to our Bible study and prayer meeting this evening. We trust that you've been having a great week thus far and sensing God's presence and blessing in your life. And uh, tonight we want to worship the Lord and we want to hear from his word. So tonight we're going to open up with a song, worship God for a few moments before our lead pastor, Pastor White, comes with our Bible study for a season. Let's sing together and let's worship God tonight. I lift my voice in song unto thy name. I lift my head, your every day the same. Come feel me now, Lord Jesus, let it be. Let now my lips sing newfound praise to Hallelujah. Ah. 
prepares to come. We're going to just sing that chorus a couple more times as he prepares his heart to come this evening to share with us. And God, you're so good. And God, you're so good. God, you're so as Pastor White comes this evening. Thank you, Pastor Jared. And we believe those words, God is so good, and he's been so good to us, and we thank God for his many blessings upon our lives. We appreciate Pastor Jared and Jenna, we love them very much, and we're hoping by next Bible study, they'll be parents. So we're looking forward to God blessing their family this week. So keep them in your prayers, and uh, I know that you will. As we told you last week, uh, since Christmas, we had been doing a Bible study on the life of David. We began just after New Year's Day, then we continued uh, during the live stream and then the pre-recording of our Bible studies. Now we're back at live streaming again. And we concluded our Bible study on the life of David. And last week we began to do a watch study. We're going to dissect the word watch. We looked at watch your words. Watch your, well, tonight watch your actions, watch your thoughts, watch your company and so on. So well, tonight we want to talk about watch your words. Watch your words. 
your words, and now we want to talk about watch your actions. There is one scripture verse that we want to read tonight, but we will be looking at a number of scriptures throughout this Bible study. Second, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 3. Here it says, Stop acting so proud. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you've done, and he will judge your actions. Watch your actions. What are actions? We ask the question, what are they? Well, actions are deeds done that express what we are. That is what actions are. Deeds done that express what we are. Actions as well have tremendous ability of both positive and negative influence. So an action can be both positive and negative. Actions is a conduct shown to express our true character. It's what actions are. Actions is a behavior that can support or destroy someone's faith. Actions always speak louder than words. We've heard that for many years. Actions are often a reflection of what we think and what occupies our hearts. Let me say it again. Actions are often a reflection of what we think and what occupies our hearts, actions, watching our actions. Let's look at some advice concerning our actions. Well, number one, I want to say that our conduct or our actions should be worthy of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 says, Whatever happens... Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. After all, you and I are being evaluated, not only here on earth, but being evaluated in heaven. Therefore, our actions should always be worthy of the gospel. As Paul admonishes the Philippian church here in this scripture, not only should our conduct and our actions be worthy of the gospel, but secondly, we need to set an example. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Paul says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So we need to set an example when it comes to our actions. Not only should we set an example, but we should always have love as the true model when it comes to our actions. First Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. It says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it is, does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. And it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. So our actions and the advice that we see here in the scriptures is that our actions should always be worthy of the gospel. We should set an example in word, in speech, in love, and in deed. And love is the true model for us as it relates to our actions. Wisdom is needed. If there was ever a day that we needed wisdom, it is in this hour in which we live. Concerning our actions, listen to what James chapter 3 and verse 13 says. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility. 
that comes from wisdom. So, advice concerning our actions, wisdom is needed. Love is the basis. We set an example, and our conduct should be worthy of the gospel. So we pray that all of our actions is mixed with wisdom. For those of you here at Emmanuel Pentecostal Church that are watching, we thank our congregation for listening this evening. But you will remember a year or so ago, we did an in-depth Bible study on Tuesday evenings on the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and then later the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is important as we look at our actions. Paul writing to the Galatians, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is joy, it is peace, it is patience, it is kindness, it is goodness, it is faithfulness, it is godliness, and it is self-control. Against such things there is no law. So our actions should always have the fruit of the Spirit as we deal with our daily lives. So we need fruit in our lives as it relates to our actions. We need wisdom in our lives. We need love as a true model. We need to set an example. And we need our conduct to be worthy of the gospel. For a few moments, I want to look at salt and light, a true Christian influence. Salt and light of true Christian influence. Salt and light represent what every Christian should be, a penetrating and illuminating influence, something both to be seen and felt, and a power to attract and transform. When it comes to our actions, do our lives line up with our message? What are our actions? Well, salt and light, Jesus referred to here in the Scriptures, shows us what Christians should be. For we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And we are to bring men and women to true understanding of faith in Christ. Jesus proclaimed this truth of the influence of our actions in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. So if the salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? Jesus is saying. I remember many years ago when I attended Eastern Pentecostal Bible College in Peterborough, Ontario, being a Newfoundlander, I loved our traditional food. I loved our Sunday cooked dinners. I loved the jigs dinner, and I loved fish and brews, and so on, traditional Newfoundland food. Moving to Peterborough and having to buy the meal plan at the, at the cafeteria on the campus, I soon discovered that it was going to be a total change of menu for me. So after a while, I became hungry. I had lots to eat. There was lots of food at the cafeteria, but maybe some of you can recognize what I'm going to say. There was lots of food to eat, but I was still hungry. I was still craving that Newfoundland food. So I remember this day when there were so many Newfoundlanders. When I attended Eastern Pentecostal Bible College, the student population was between four and 500. And at that time, it was estimated that as many as 25% of the student body were Newfoundlanders. So we uh, went to the cafeteria one day and saw a sign. The sign said, we're going to have a down east night and we're going to have down east food. I discovered they were going to have a jigs dinner. Well, I was so excited. I thought, finally, I'm going to have true food. So I remember the day when I was in class and longing for supper to come. And I walked in. They had the trays out. They had the turnip and the cabbage and the potato and the salt meat and a peace pudding, and I was so excited. But as I went to take up the food and I took my first bite of salt meat, there was absolutely no salt on it. The dinner was as fresh as it could possibly be. 
The salt meat was not one bit salt. So I became perplexed and I asked the cook, I said, uh, the salt meat is not very salt. She said, well, I soaked it for a couple of days before I cooked it. Thought it had to be soaked. And she said, I cooked all the vegetables in separate pots. Didn't use any salt hardly at all. Well, the Jig's dinner for me was a failure because the salt was not present. Jesus is saying here, if the salt loses its saltiness, you've lost the purpose of it. Now, for a Newfoundlander, a Jig's dinner, you can't have a Jig's dinner and soak salt meat for two days. What's the purpose of it? Well, for us as believers, salt has a distinct purpose. And each believer in Christ is the salt of the earth. And we all have a special purpose. Our lives are an open book, read and known of all people. When we started in the ministry many years ago, Robert's arm, one of the older gentlemen in the church, he wasn't very tall. His name was Uncle Warwick. And he would sit in the second pew from the front when we would have testimony services then in the evening service. And he would always stand to testify. And these were the words that he would always say in his testimony. He used to say, you and I are the only book that people will read in this community about Jesus. How true it is. So we ask our questions, are our actions Christ-like? If we are an open book and if we have to be salt and light of true Christian influence, are our actions Christ-like? It's a big question we need to ask. Do we proclaim one thing and do the opposite? Can people say that they live out what they believe? Do we say we believe in healing and pray for the sick and then go on and say God is not going to heal them anyway? Do we say that we believe in helping the poor but walk past them and say it's their own fault? Do we believe in ministering to the hurting but yet pass them every day and do nothing about it? Do we have an attitude like Christ which is one of forgiveness and compassion and meet a woman at a well who nobody would talk to or an adulterous woman that was ready to be stoned? Are our actions like Christ? We are being evaluated by our neighbors and whether congregation in Deer Lake we want to realize it or not, we are being evaluated in Deer Lake not by our music, not by our sound, not by our preaching, not by the size of our building. We are being evaluated by how we live in this town. Therefore, we need to ask some hard questions. Would we pass the test for being a believer? Would people say, yes, indeed, they are a believer? So salt and light. What does salt do? Well, salt prevents corruption. We spent eight years in port and uh, I would see them salting the fish, salting Caitlin, and salt prevented corruption, and that's why fish would be salted in Newfoundland culture days before we had refrigeration, so that the fish would last longer throughout the winter because it prevented corruption. So salt prevents corruption. I think it's about time we start to cur stop cursing the world and we, stopped, we started showing the world what it is to be a salt Christian and in doing so preventing corruption. Salt improves taste. As I've just said to you about a Jig's dinner, there's something about salt that increases the taste and improves it. Now I know that salt is not good for us, but salt does improve taste. There is no doubt about it. Salt also creates a thirst. As we drink, as we eat salt, it creates a thirst. So as salt Christians, we would prevent corruption. We would improve taste. We would create thirst in the lives of others. So as salt believers, our lives and our actions will have a positive influence for Christ. So through our actions as salt Christians... We will make a difference. Somebody wrote a book some years ago, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. <laughs> How true it is. We can have an influence. I believe for too long the church has been just grumbling about what not, what's not right with society. 
we've grumbled about this and we've grumbled about that and there's so much corruption and oh, there's so much sin. And I, I'm not arguing with you tonight that our world is not full of sin, but I believe that we need to become salt Christians who walk to a well in Samaria where a woman needs the message of living water. I believe we need to walk where an adulterous woman is going to be stoned and say, woman, where are your accusers? Go sin no more. We need to walk into where the tax collector is, up in a tree and say, come down from that tree. You may be a crook, but I'm going to offer to you grace and mercy. Therefore, we become salt Christians and we have an influence in the society in which we are placed. Jesus continues in this scripture to, to stress the importance of the influence of our actions. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven. Like Christians, well, Jesus talked about salt, so we know salt prevents corruption. Salt improves taste. Salt creates a thirst. Well, what about light? Like Christians, what does it do? Well, light dispels the darkness. We need to stop talking about the darkness of our world and of this generation, and we need to start sending the light of the gospel all around us. When darkness comes, I can curse the darkness tonight all I want. But if I light a light, a lantern, a flashlight, I can illuminate the path before me, the ground around me, and it can make an influence to those that are with me. So it has to be with us. Light dispels the darkness. What does light do? Light destroys the fear. All of us know what it is to be afraid in the dark. There are adults afraid of the dark. There are children afraid of the dark. But once the lights come on, the fear is gone. Well, so it is with a Christian who is the light of the world. They will destroy fear, and fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. So therefore, as Christians... We can bring a message to a world riddled with fear that we know the light of the world and God has placed within all of our hearts the ability to shine the light of the gospel where we are. You see, light declares the way. Light declares the way. It shows the path. It shows the road. It shows where we are to walk. And therefore, it is important that we have light. As light believers, we will demonstrate through our actions what it means to be disciples of Christ. Well, let's look up examples in the Scriptures very, very quickly. I want to look at examples of good actions. Here, Boaz showed kindness to Ruth. In Ruth chapter 2, verses 5 to 10. Boaz shows kindness to Ruth. What does he do when he finds out who she is? He says to the workers of the field, drop some of the grain so that Ruth, the widow, might be able to pick it up. What an example of a good action. We see another example when David spares the life of Saul who was bent to kill him and to destroy him. But the Bible says he had opportunity to kill him. But what did he do? He cut off the corner of his garment and he left him alone, but he let him know, I could have destroyed you, but because of kindness and good actions, I have not done so. Joseph, of course, forgave his brethren for their actions. Genesis chapter 50, they had sold him into slavery. They had lied about where he was and had said he was dead to his father. But Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. He sent me to Egypt before you so that I might preserve life. And he showed kindness to his brethren, and he gave them what they did not deserve. Look at another good action in the Scriptures. 
We see Rahab who hid the spies in peace and Joshua hides the spies in peace even though she was a foreigner and a harlot, the Scripture says. What did she do? A good action. She hid the spies in peace. Let's look at some examples in the Scriptures rather quickly of bad actions. Firstly, we see Shimei. Shimei throws rocks at David. The Bible says he hurled them, and as he did, he hurled insults and said, Come out, thy blo thou bloody man. What an action, throwing and one translation says he pelted stones at David and those with him. We see Peter cutting off the ear of the high priest in John chapter 18 and verse 10. He took the sword and cut off the ear. Jesus immediately took the ear and he healed it. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. In Luke chapter 22 and 48, Jesus says, Are you betraying me with a kiss? Example of a bad action. Nabal's rash judgment on David in 1 Samuel 25, he became so rash, and we talked about this in the life of David, that Abigail had to intercede for him. Examples of bad actions. We need to watch our actions. Let's look at the power of our actions. You see, few people realize how important it is to love not just in word, but in deed and in truth. Research experts tell us that we communicate only 7% with our words, 35% with the tone of our voice, and 58% with our actions. Never underestimate the power of a loving word, a kind note, a phone call, an email, or a word of encouragement. For too long, we prayed for people, but we haven't done good deeds. Many years ago, I was sitting in my office when we pastored in Birchie Bay, and I was praying for some people that were going through a difficult time. I had prayed for them for quite some time. And I went in and I prayed for them again. And it was like the Spirit of God said, stop praying for them. And I thought, "My, why is this thought going through my head? Stop praying for them. But then as I meditated on what thoughts were going through my head, I heard again, not the audible voice of God, but I felt Him impressing on me, stop praying for them and go where they are. And show them that you're praying for them. Demonstrate to them that you care for them. And I did that. At that moment, I realized it is important for us to pray, but it is also important for us to put feet under our prayers. For faith without works is dead. Therefore, it is important that we not only talk about it, we not only preach about it, we not only sing about it, but we do it. You see, your actions speak. Your words are words. The question is, what are they saying? The old saying that we alluded to at the beginning of the Bible study this evening, it said, actions are, speak louder than words. It's true because, as another saying says, words are cheap. And in a day of social media, we don't believe everything we see on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. A lot of it is embellished, isn't it? Words can become very cheap. So when it comes to our faith, if our words and our actions are saying different things, we must look to our actions for the truth. Therefore, we can say all we want that we care for the poor. But if we don't do anything about it, what is the purpose of our words? We can say all that we want, we love everybody. But if we have prejudice in our hearts and we won't move forward and touch the broken and the bruised and the beaten, what's the point of our words? But when we get our hands dirty, just like Jesus Christ, he touched the lepers when no one else would touch them, and they set on clean. He touched the demonic man who spent his time among the tombs when no one else would be with him. Therefore, our actions have got to line up with our words. Can I say it this evening? So many times we are the answers to our prayers. 
I'm going to say it again. Many times we are the answer to our prayers. We pray that God would help the single mom in town. Well, God is saying you can help that single mom. Maybe we're saying, Lord, bless the food bank in Deer Lake so that they'll help the hungry. God is saying you can bless the food bank in Deer Lake. Maybe you're saying, oh, Lord, send divine healing to the sick. God is saying, go lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Therefore, today, it is important that we understand we have the power of gospel in us and we are able to put our words into actions. You see, none of us can help working. None of us can help working at his faith. We cannot help doing what we believe. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments in John chapter 14 and 15. That's why Paul defined his mission as bringing about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles in Romans chapter 1 and verse 5. What are, what are your actions saying? What are my actions saying? You see, the words of our works speak with a powerful and sometimes painful eloquence about what we believe. There is no conflict between faith and works. Our works reveal where our faith is. Jesus told us that a tree is known by its fruit. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. The wise seek to make the tree good. Let's look at Jesus' teaching on actions. Matthew chapter 23, you can look up these verses later. Matthew 23. Jesus deals with the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day. These people knew the law. They knew the Torah. They knew the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament written by Moses. They also knew all the laws that had been added. They knew it all. They were the religious people of the day. But Jesus says in verse 3 of chapter 23 of Matthew's gospel, in this text, he says that the scribes and the Pharisees were hypocrites because they preached but did not practice what they preached. Can you see how important our actions are? They preached it, but they didn't live it. They didn't put in practice their actions. You know, we can say we're a friendly church, yet everybody walks in our church doesn't get a handshake or a smile. Well, our actions doesn't line up with our signage, does it? And he did not practice what they preached. Thus, his instruction to do and observe whatever they told them, but not do the works that they did. Jesus' teachings on actions. Inconsistent words and actions may hinder the proclamation of God's will and word being accepted by others. It takes the focus of Christ and it puts it on yourself so that people can't get past your sin to see Christ's love. If I'm talking about how much God loves everybody, but yet I don't love everybody, they didn't associate me with Christ. And therefore people say, I don't want to have anything to do with that gospel. If I say I believe in forgiveness, but I won't forgive somebody, my actions then don't line up with my words, and they say, well, if that's the Christ he serves, I don't want to have anything to do with it. We are the only Bible many will read and the only Christ many will see. Therefore, our actions will be judged. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14. For God will bring every hidden deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it be good or evil. Sir Isaac Newton's third law of motion states, for every action there is a reaction. Well, spiritually, our actions will have consequences. Therefore, we need to live by faith. Let us move quickly as we soon bring this to a close. But in the last part of our study tonight, I want to talk about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. In Hinduism and Buddhism and other religions, this concept is referred to as karma. It's become a popular word in this generation which basically means that you get 
what you give. In other words, whatever you intentionally do to others, a similar thing will happen to you in the future. Well, now, while Christianity does not teach karma, it does teach the principle of sowing and reaping. You want kindness shown in your life? You show kindness. You want healing in your life? You pray for the healing of others. The Bible tells us to pray for one another that you may be healed. Therefore, the principle of sowing and reaping is important. See, when it comes to the consequences of our actions, the Bible is very clear. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We also read in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. Job said, I have observed those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. Job chapter 4 and verse 8. In Numbers chapter 32 and verse 33 we read, you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Sowing and reaping. Consequences are outcomes either negative or positive of our actions. Therefore, we need to take what we believe, we need to take our words and even the Word of God and live it out in our community. People will look at us and will understand that we are indeed living at the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is a gospel of grace, a gospel of mercy, a gospel of love. It is one that touches the broken, helps the poor, helps the needy. It warns men of impending judgment and does whatever they do and speak the truth in love. These are always consequences to our action or our lack of action. One person said nobody ever did or will escape the consequences of his choices. Your actions or decisions may affect others, and those effects may change the world around you. Pastor Jared is going to join us now, and we're going to bring this quickly to a close. You see, for every choice you make, for every action you take, there will be a reaction or a consequence. Be sure of that. A bad decision may bring disappointment. It may create unbearable responsibilities, and it may destroy relationships. Good decisions, on the other hand, will bring blessings and help us to be to obtainable goals that will enhance relationships and life in general, even difficult situations. Sowing and reaping. The principles of sowing and reaping in the Scriptures are our actions lining up with what we believe. We can say all we want, that we're concerned about Deer Lake. And we are. This is a beautiful community. Cormac is beautiful, Reedville. And we're all concerned about our community. But if we don't help those in need, we can talk about how much we love our community all we want. Our deeds must line up with our words. We can talk all we want that we wish the broken and the bruised were ministered to. And, oh, Jesus, would you minister to them? And he will, but he expects you and I to also minister to the broken and the needy. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, the word of knowledge, the word of faith, working in our lives so that our actions line up with what we say. And it will have a positive influence on a community that needs to know love. In conclusion this evening, our actions will, in, will influence those around us. What will our actions say about the gospel? Will they confirm the gospel or will they deny the gospel? What will it say about Christ? What will it say about us? Our actions will have consequences. 
Some will be positive and some will be negative. But we need to do a self-evaluation on our lives and say, Oh God, may my actions and my words line up. What I say on Sunday, I live on Monday. What I believe to be true in the Word becomes my lifestyle and changes my life. We're going to watch our actions so that we can have a positive influence in this generation. Pastor Jared is going to lead us in just a moment. Pastor Andrea is coming and she's going to lead us in prayer. She's going to pray for needs that have been shared with us over the past days. But we especially want to remember in prayer this evening the Golding family. They're walking through a very tragic time in their lives. And on Thursday, we will be conducting the funeral service for their son. And we want to ask you to pray for John and May, faithful members of our church, as they laid her son Jody to rest that God's peace would be with this entire family during this tragic time, and we know that you will. Let's just worship the Lord together as Pastor Jarrett leads. Pastor Andrea will come and lead us in prayer. And Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary That is our prayer this evening, that God would indeed work in our lives. And we thank him tonight for speaking to us through his word. We are going to pray right now for needs that are represented in our community and in our church family. Those of you that may be tuning in tonight and you have a need in your life, I want to assure you that God knows where you are. I want to assure you that God cares about you. 
And tonight as we pray, I encourage you in your home or wherever you may be viewing this live stream to just bow with me and to cast your burden before the Lord because the Bible says that He hears the cries of His people and we are confident when we pray that God hears us. Let's bow together, shall we, as we commit needs to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank You that we can come to You tonight as our friend. We thank You because we have proven Your power in our lives. We thank You for Your mercy and grace that picked us and up out of sin. And today we stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Father, we pray for needs that are represented. Those that may be viewing this live stream with heavy hearts, uncertainty in their lives. Maybe they're awaiting test results. Whatever the need is, Father, I ask right now that you would minister in their lives and in their families. Father, I pray for the peace of God. And as we remember again those that are caused to mourn and the Golding family, oh God, I pray for your peace this evening. I pray that as they walk through these times and deep valleys of sorrow, I pray that they would feel your presence in their lives. And I pray, Father, once again that they would know the awesome peace of God. I pray for those that may be struggling physically, those that may be struggling mentally, maybe struggling with anxiety, depression, attacks of the mind. Oh God, I pray tonight for complete deliverance. I pray, oh God, as we claim the power of the cross, I pray that people right now in their homes would sense the breaking of chains on their bodies and on their minds, Father. And I pray, oh God, that you would indeed do a work that only you can do as we claim your power over their lives. Father, we pray for unspoken needs that have been requested, needs that are so close to the heart that maybe they're even difficult to share with a friend or a family member. Father, I pray now that you would minister in the areas of our lives as we, as we walk through things. Oh God, I pray that as we cast, cast our cares upon you, we will prove once again that you truly do care for us. And we're so thankful for your faithfulness in our lives. We're thankful, oh God, for how you've ministered in situations and we've, we've seen your power, your miraculous power. Father, I pray once again that you might minister as only you can do. We thank you for speaking to us through your word. We thank you because your word is true. And now we commit every follower, every listener to you. And I pray that you might indeed be with us in the days ahead as we cast our care on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you this evening for joining us. And uh, we'll be back again Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We encourage you to join with us as we continue to worship God in this manner. And uh, we thank you for, for joining us tonight. May God bless you. Oh, yes, he's coming back again. And
just any day now. Our Lord is coming, and He'll be returning for you and me. So I'll be watching. Oh, come. 